64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Hello, and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor SF Walker. I am here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. Today we look at Many Lives, Many Masters, the true story of a prominent psychiatrist, his young patient, and the past life therapy that changed both their lives by Brian L. Weiss. In this video, we look at recalling past lives, traumas, <coughs> that seem to hold the key to reoccurring nightmares and anxiety attacks in the current life experience. We look at past life therapy and the ability to cure the patient and embark on a new, more meaningful phase of life. We discover that there's overwhelming scientific evidence that supports these phenomena. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools that I haven't used that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. We as a society have much to gain from research into the mysteries of the mind, the soul, the continuation of life after death, and the influence of past life experiences on our present behavior. Obviously, the ramifications are limitless, particularly in the fields of medicine, psychiatry, theology, and philosophy. Strides are being made to uncover this information, but the process is slow and is met with much resistance by scientists and lay people alike throughout history. Humankind has been resistant to change and to the acceptance of new ideas. <coughs> Dr. Raymond Moody's studies of victims of near-death experiences his subjects also remember floating, then being pulled back to their bodies. Scientific papers that had been published on reincarnation are now in medical libraries. The works of Ian Stevenson, MD, a well-respected professor of psychiatry at the University of Virginia, who has published extensively in the psychiatric literature. Dr. Stevenson has collected over 2,000 
examples of children with reincarnation type memories and experiences. There's an excellent scientific overview by Edgar Mitchell, the ESP data from Duke University, and the writings of Professor C.J. Decouth of Brown University, and the studies of Dr. Martin Eben, Dr. Helen Wombach, Dr. Gertrude Schmidler, Dr. Friedrich Lenz, and Dr. Fiori. The more you read, the more you want to read. There are libraries filled with this research and literature, and few people know about it. Much of this research was conducted, verified, and replicated by reputable clinicians and scientists. The evidence seems to be overwhelmingly supporting, yet we still doubt it. According to the most writers, groups of souls tend to reincarnate together again and again, working out their karma, debts owed to others and to themselves, lessons to be learned over the span of many lifetimes. Our task is to learn to become godlike through knowledge. We know so little. You are here to be my teacher. I have so much to learn. By knowledge, we approach God. And then we can rest. <clears throat> then we come back to teach and help others. I was fascinated by the way conceptions of death and the afterlife changed so much from lifetime to lifetime. And yet the experience of death itself was so uniform, so similar every single time. A conscious part would leave the body around the moment of death, floating above and then being drawn to a wonderful energizing light. One would then wait for someone to come and help. The soul automatically passed on. Embalming, burial rituals, or any other procedure after death had nothing to do with it. It was automatic. No preparation necessary. Like walking through a just open door. After awakening from the trance, Catherine again remembered many of the details of her past life. Recall, she remembered nothing at all of the after-death experiences, nothing from the in-between state, nothing of the masters or the incredible knowledge that had been revealed. <coughs> I have been to different planes in different times. Each one is a level of higher consciousness. What plane we go to depends upon how far we've progressed. What lessons had to be learned in order to progress? That we must share our knowledge with other people. That we all have abilities far beyond what we use. Some of us find this out sooner than others. That you should check your vices 
before you come to this point. If you do not, you carry them over with you to another life. Only we can rid ourselves of the bad habits that we accumulate when we are in a physical state. We also must learn not to just go to those people whose vibrations are the same as ours. It is normal to feel drawn to somebody who's on the same level that you are, but this is wrong. You must also go to those people whose vibrations are wrong with yours. This is the importance in helping these people. People in comas can decide whether or not to return, depending upon how much learning they have yet to accomplish in the physical state. If they feel there's nothing further to learn, they can go directly to the spiritual state. Modern medicine notwithstanding, this information meshed nicely with the research being published about near-death experiences and why some people choose to return. Others were not even given a choice. They had to return because there was more to learn. Of course, all of the people interviewed about their near-death experiences returned to their bodies. There's a striking similarity in their stories. They become detached from their bodies and watch resuscitation efforts from a point above their bodies. They eventually become aware of the bright light or a glowing spiritual figure in the distance, sometimes at the end of a tunnel. They feel no pain as they become aware that their tasks on earth are not yet completed and that they must return to their bodies. They're immediately rejoined to their bodies and once again are aware of pain and other physical sensations. Yes, we choose when we will come into our physical state and when we will leave. We know when we have accomplished what we were sent down here to accomplish. We know when the time is up and you will accept your death. When you have had the time to rest and re-energize your soul, you're allowed to choose your re-entry back into the physical state. Everybody's path is basically the same. We all must learn certain attitudes while we are in physical state. Some of us are quicker to accept them than others. Charity, hope, faith, love. We must all know these things and know them well. It's not just one hope and one faith and one love. So many things feed into each one of these. There are so many ways to demonstrate them. And yet we've only tapped into a little bit of each one. The reward is in doing, but doing without expecting anything, doing unselfishly. Patience and timing. Everything comes when it must come. A life cannot be rushed, cannot be worked on a schedule as so 
many people want it to be. We must accept what comes to us at a given time and not ask for more. But life is endless, so we never die. We were never really born. We just pass through different phases. There is no end. Humans have many dimensions, but time is not as we see time, but rather in lessons that are learned. People are almost uniformly afraid that by sharing their experiences, others, even their own families and their therapists, would consider them odd or strange. Yet, these parapsychological events are fairly common, much more frequent than people, and people realize. It is only the reluctance to tell others about psychic occurrences that makes them seem rare. And the more highly trained one is, the most reluctant to share is. We go through so many stages when we are here. We shed a baby body. We go into a child's form, from child to an adult, from an adult into old age. Why shouldn't we go one step beyond and shed the adult body and go on to a spiritual plane? This is what we do. We don't just stop growing. We continue to grow. When we get to the spiritual plane, we keep growing there too. We go through different stages of development. When we arrive, we are burnt out. We have to go through a renewal stage, a learning stage, and a stage of decision. We decide when we want to return, where, and for what reasons. Some choose not to come back. They choose to go on to another stage of development. And they stay in spirit form, some longer than others, before they return. It is all growth and learning continuous. Everything must be balanced. Nature is balanced. The beasts live in harmony. Humans have not learned to do that. They continue to destroy themselves. There is no harmony, no plan to what they do. It is so different in nature. Nature is balanced. It is energy and life and restorations. And humans just destroy. They destroy nature. They destroy other humans. They will eventually destroy themselves. There are seven planes in all. Seven planes, each one consisting of many levels. One of them being the plane of recollection. On that plane, you're allowed to collect your thoughts. You're allowed to see your life that just has passed. Those of the higher levels are allowed to see history. They can go back and teach us by learning about history. That those of the lower levels are only allowed to see our own life that has just passed. You progress by paying your debts. Some souls progress faster than others. When you are in physical form and you are working through, you're working through a life. If something interrupts your ability to pay that debt, 
you must return to the plane of recollection. And there you must wait until the soul you owe the debt to has come to see you. And when you both can be returned to physical form at the same time, then you are allowed to return. But you determine when you are going back. You determine what must be done to pay that debt. You will not remember your other lives, only the one you have just come from. Only those souls on the higher level, the sages, are allowed to call upon history and past events to help us, to teach us what we must do. There was much practical advice along the way. The value of patience and waiting. The wisdom in the balance of nature, the eradication of fears, especially the fear of death. The need for learning about trust and forgiveness. The importance of learning not to judge others or to halt anyone's life. The accumulation and use of intuitive powers. And perhaps most of all, the unshakable knowledge that we are immortal. We are beyond life and death, beyond space and beyond time. We are the gods and they are us. It is important to weed out the false from the true so that the field is not discredited. Serious behavioral scientists are needed to do this important work. Psychiatrists are necessary to make diagnostic assessments to rule out mental illness, malingering, faking, and sociopathic conning tendencies. Statisticians, psychologists, and physicists are also vital for these evaluations and for further testing the important strides that are going to be made in this field will be made using scientific methodology in science. A hypothesis, which is a preliminary assumption made about a series of observations, is initially created to explain a phenomenon. From there, the hypothesis must be tested under controlled conditions. The results of these tests must be proved and replicated before a theory can be formed. Once the scientists have what they think is a sound theory, it must be tested again and again by other researchers, and the results should be the same. The detailed, scientifically acceptable studies of Dr. G. Joseph P. Rhyme at Duke University, Dr. Ian Stevenson, at the University of Virginia, Department of Psychiatry, of Dr. Gertrude Schmeitler at the College of the City of New York, and of many other serious researchers prove that this can be done. Wisdom is achieved very slowly. This is because intellectual knowledge, easily acquired, must be transformed into emotional or subconscious knowledge. Once transformed, the imprint is permanent. Behavioral practice is the necessary catalyst of this reaction. Without action, the concept will wither and fade. Theoretical knowledge without practical application is not enough. 
balance and harmony are neglected today. Yet they are the foundation of wisdom. <coughs> Everything is done in excess. In nature there is balance. Humankind has not learned about balance, let alone practiced it. It is guided by greed and ambition, steered by fear. And in this way it will eventually destroy itself. But nature will survive, at least the plants will. Religious people tell us that happiness comes from filling one's heart with love, from faith and hope, from practicing charity and dispensing kindness. They actually are right. Given those attitudes, balance and harmony usually follow. These are collectively a state of being. And in these days, they are an altered state of consciousness. It is as if humankind were not in its natural state while on earth. They must reach an altered state in order to fill itself with love and charity and simplicity, to feel purity, to rid itself of its chronic fearfulness. Consider the lessons. Intellectually, the answers have always been there. But this needs to actualize by experience, to make the subconscious imprint permanent by emotionalizing and practicing. The concept is the key. Memorizing in Sunday school is not good enough. Lip service without the behavior has no value. It is easy to read about or talk about love and charity and faith, but to do it to feel it almost requires an altered state of consciousness. The permanent state is reached by knowledge and understanding. It is sustained by physical behavior, by act and deed, by practice. It is taking something nearly mystical and transforming it to everyday familiarity by practice, by making it a habit. Understand that no one is greater than another. Feel it. Practice helping another. We are all rowing the same boat. If we do not pull together, our plants are going to be awfully lonely. And there you have it, many lives, many masters, by Brian Weiss. Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Leave a comment and share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it. Read. Never stop learning, especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.